Welcome to Into the Magic, a podcast where we explore the human experience and come away with perspectives that we can take and integrate into our daily lives. Let's get into the magic. I'm your hostess. And I'm Katie. And today, this is a listener feedback. Suggestion. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what word am I looking for here? <laughs> <laughs> Suggestion. Our number one listener, Kaylee, has... Hi, Kaylee. Hello, Kaylee. We, we, uh, she suggested we talk about and like unpack different like spiritual, it doesn't even necessarily have to be spiritual, but like the different slogans that people say to you. Uh, and I think that there's like, sometimes people don't know what to say to you (laughs) or what you're going through. So they just say something like, well, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. (laughs) Yeah. We're, she wanted us to sort of unpack spiritual and otherwise orientated cliches that are overused and that most people maybe don't understand like where they came from or the meaning or whatever, not to say that we are the originators of these sayings because we're not, nor do we know the original person's meaning. A lot of them don't really have an origin. They're just like platitudes out there in the vernacular. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's just the things we say. It's like, oh, that's karma or what have you. And it's like, I find that like, there are like some things I say (laughs) (laughs) I have heard in 12-step meetings in the past, I really, (laughs) one of the things that I really clung on to was in Prescott in a meeting one time, I heard this uh, analogy. It's like, no, okay, so what's that thing where it's like, uh, it makes up a word? Okay, so it's like frog. And you'll have to tell me if it's like a metaphor or something, like fully relying on God. So it's like frog. (laughs) <laughs> and like, is that a metaphor or analogy or what the no, F do you call No, it's not a metaphor or an analogy. It's um, an acronym. Acronym. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to cut all that out because I sound like a moron. <laughs> um, but it's interesting because there's like leap and the net will appear. And I d- actually do like some of those. And I think that sometimes those things can be super helpful. Like when you're going through something to just lean on to a phrase or or a slogan that's comforting to you in times of confusion and just be like, yeah, I think that's the important part that you're hitting on, right? Is that these phrases, like they become cliches and platitudes and totally meaningless if we don't apply some sort of personal meaning mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. So like fully rely on God was something that was really comforting for you to remember and to mm-hmm. look at. Whereas like, you know, somebody, you sharing that you're going through a hard time and somebody looks at you and goes, well, frog, fully rely on God. It's like, okay, well, that's not helpful. Thank you. (laughs) Like, (laughs) go screw yourself. That is not helping here. So (laughs) like, I think that's the problem is that things get said so much without like actually having the meaning behind it that they seem... That seems like not genuine. So maybe what we're trying to do, yeah, is fill fill them up again for people, like maybe providing a new way to, to hold and look at these phrases. Right. Yeah. 
And I, I do think like the one I hear definitely the most is it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it and is. And it's like, I, I think the meaning behind that is, well, are you fighting with reality? Because if you are, you're losing because you're not accepting what's in front of you. And when you keep fighting reality, you're the one that loses. It's like there's a level of acceptance that needs to be had, whether whatever the situation is, because like you're not in control of it. Right. It's like it. It's a phrase that's not meant to make you feel powerless. It's meant to actually make you feel powerful. Mm -hmm. Not like, oh, well, shit, it is what it is. I guess I have to deal with this. It's like, no, it is what it is. So like any level of control or manipulation or energy that I keep trying to put into this thing to change it from Mm -hmm. anything other than what it actually is, is waste. And so I don't have to do that anymore because it is what it is. So I get to step back and allow it to be. What it is. What it is. (laughs) You know? Yeah, what it is. So for me, that's like a very empowering phrase. It's not like a powerless type of phrase or something that I say when I'm like angry or whatever. It's something to remind myself that like there is a limit to the control I have and the power that I have in Mm -hmm. certain situations here. So like it is what it is. It's going to be what it's going to be. And I need to just worry about finding my center and my groundedness. So that yeah. whatever happens, I'm can move forward with the most like spiritual integrity that I can. Right. And that's it. It's like that phrase is just more about like calling you back to yourself and going like get in your lane. <laughs> yeah. Stay in your Which lane. Which might be another phrase, right? Like get your ass in your lane. Yeah, well, that's so true too. It's like when you're in other people's lanes and you're trying to drive other people's cars and you're trying to fix other people's problems, you are. I find that those moments that I try to do that, you're really not in yourself at all. You're all. You literally. You're not embodied. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You cannot be embodied. No matter how long you've been doing the work or whatever, you are like, I don't care how enlightened you are. There are moments where you try to do things that are not in your lane and that aren't your part to do. Yeah. And that's also not like you, it's not just you when you're not, when you're in someone else's lane, it's not simply you like trying to manipulate and be in all their stuff and do things for them and work in their world. It's also you sitting back and going, well, they shouldn't be doing that. And oh, well, this is going to cause them problems. And I can see how this is going to go. And da, 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 da. It's like, get in your fucking lane. And like being angry about things that they said or things that they did and taking that on and wearing it as your own when it's like, who gives it F? Yeah. Let it go. It yeah. has nothing to do with you. Yeah. And I have, yeah, I say it like that, like get in your freaking lane because, yeah. And I have to say that to myself sometimes, like Katie, yeah. <laughs> Katie. Like, look at me, Katie. Stop this. Like, get in your lane. Stop being upset about people making choices for themselves. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like times like those, I think it's so, I, for me, it's like important to remember, well, of course they're not doing what I would do. They're not freaking me. Like, this is their life. Exactly. Why would people do what I think they should do or like what I would have done? That's my job. And who am I to try and like alter their path? Yes. Yeah. Why would I do that? Yeah, Why? exactly. I think so many of these, as I'm starting to realize, is just about like minding your own damn business. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's one of the most powerful tools you can do is like mind your own business. M-Y-O-B. Biatch. Yeah. Stay in your lane. Accept other people as they are, not as you want them to be. And do your own work. Yeah. Okay. So one of the suggested phrases 
to unpack or unravel or what have you was, I feel like the universe is against me or luck isn't on my side. And to those, okay, so I have two thoughts. Yeah. One. I'm sure they're the same as mine. (laughs) Okay, because I had a Bozzy reading with your feng shui master. Jen. Yeah. Jen Stone. Jen Stone, my teacher. Yes. And will you tell us what like a, what a Bazi reading is? It's basically like astrology, but like... Uh, yeah. So Bazi is... Um, so Ba is eight and Z is character. So it's eight characters that make up the storyline of your life. And these characters are elementally... are elemental representations. So like fire, water, earth, yeah. metal. And certain elements work together and certain elements don't. So certain like the tiger and the monkey... Mm. are land animals and when they come together they produce a lot of fire and a lot of movement so it's like can be clash a clash sometimes because there's a lot of movement so there's just like animals and elements that like each other and ones that don't and so mm-hmm. Bazi tells basically the story of your destiny and they deal with luck that's yeah. How they do it over there is they call it luck so yeah. you have you're in luck or you're in a clash or you yeah. Okay. So part of my belief is from that. And then because I had a reading with her a couple months ago, I feel like it was in January maybe. Yeah. And I had just started going through divorce and she looked up my ex-partner's birthday. She said, oh, he's in bad luck. <laughs> like, mm, yeah. And and I felt like, okay, is part of that like your destiny or is, and, and is that also your mindset and how you think and how you deal with life? Because I, maybe part of it is your destiny or whatever, but then there's will. There's your own free will to decide. Yes. So, I mean, if we're right? talking, yeah, if we're talking specifically with Bazi and luck, you can be in bad luck for a period of time, for a year, yeah. for a month, for 10 years. Like, it just depends on what how it, how the makeup is and how she reads it. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you're screwed. Like it right. means that like if you're in that, you be more careful, you be more aware, you do all the things that you need to to support yourself. Yeah. So that you have all of these resources where like the energy might not be the best for you at this moment, but you have all these resources. So you feel yes. good and you feel supported and you feel loved. So that is like the balance of like this is the energy and then this is human will and human ability to make choices. Your own yeah. free will to decide like, hey, I'm going through something. I mean, we yeah. all go through stuff. And I think an empowering... I mean, I I personally, <laughs> I find Bazi to be very interesting and I do yeah. use it a lot like, all right, should I be traveling? Like, I want to travel and yeah. I want it to be in this month or that month. Like, Jen, what's going on energetically with me and with the year and the month? Like, what makes the most sense? Oh, it's better for you to travel in July. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Then I'll travel in July rather than June yeah, or whatever. Like I do look at that stuff and I do use it as a tool to like plan to move forward. For example, this year I'm supposed to put my face out there more. So that's something that Sess and I are talking about doing. You guys will see more of our faces, whether you like it or not. So um, you will like I'm kidding. It. You're going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she but, told me I'm supposed to August. And I just remember this is when I'm going to be moving. August is the monkey month. So it's uh, the monkey moves a lot. Yeah. So that probably makes sense. But so I, I believe in all of that, but I also like don't believe in bad luck personally. It's like yeah. not my belief system. Like I don't believe like, oh, you got bad luck. Like, yeah, 
I think that it, there's like a mindset of sinking into it. And then it's just the energy that you attract because you're just like, oh, shucks, I spilled my coffee. And then it's like, oh, I tripped. And, you know, and that, you know, and it's just like, I feel like it's kind of can be an excuse to just like sink into your darkness and yeah. feel sorry for yourself instead of take positive action. Yeah, because I feel like when you look at luck like that, it feels like something is like that. The other thing that you were saying you're is powerless. Like things are orchestrated against you. And yeah. I just don't believe in that. I believe that things happen and mm-hmm. that I choose how to meet those things that happen. Yes. And the perspective and the way that I go through it, whether it's challenging or not, yeah. depends on the space I hold and the perspective I have when meeting those things that come up. Absolutely. So, I mean, like I'll have days where I will like drop shit. Like I just like drop everything and I laugh at it because I'm like, well, (laughs) gravity's against me today, I guess. Like there are days where that happens where it's just like, ugh. but I'm not mad at it. I just know that that is the energy of the day. Let me identify that. Okay. That's happening today. Cool. I'm going to let my grip loose a little bit and just flow more. I love that. Because I, yeah. I think it has to do too with like, okay, I did this one thing. I spill coffee literally every morning. <laughs> I'm going to have to like deep clean my parents, the, the room I'm staying in when I leave because sometimes I just spill it on my bed. And it's like you either just look at it like, oops, you know, or if you're in an agitated mood, you can really just lean into that so much. And and then hopefully, I, I know for me, I've grown to be more self-aware to know, okay, I'm super freaking agitated right now. Yeah. And I'm causing these things. And these are things that are just happening that even yesterday, <laughs> if they happened, I wouldn't be this angry. So it's like, chill the fuck out. Right. And then my energy is heightened. So of course, I'm more reactionary. And of course, I'm calling this stuff in. Yes. When I lived in Boston, which was like over 10 years ago, I was very into Buddhism, Buddhist meditation, and particularly Zen Buddhism. And so like my father, I love my father very much, but he is slightly dramatic sometimes. And when things break or fall, like don't the, you know, the platitude of like, don't cry over spilled milk. My dad will be like, what the? over like something being spilled that's like not causing a problem and that's like kind of how I raised it was raised it's like um, oh yeah he had like a high-powered job you know so like him just being like all geared up and keyed up all the time like of course he's gonna respond like that and so I don't always do that but I I did at a period of time have a tendency to like have that internal reaction so I remember after doing like a period of study and practicing Zen Buddhism and that type of meditation I was in my apartment in Boston and I like shattered like two glasses on my floor like I dropped them both and I just like sat there and I breathed and I observed and I cleaned it up all in silence. And while this was happening, I was like very aware of like, oh, I'm this is a this is a conscious choice to be present in the moment to allow what is to be what it is <laughs> and to just like handle. I mean, there we go again, but it's like the glass <laughs> so is broken. We should call this episode. Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, but like the glass is broken, so I can get mad about it, but I still have to pick it up. So why am I getting mad about it? When that's like just an additional waste of energy about like, I was just watching myself going, oh, I have this choice to go here, but I'm choosing to be present here and be okay with it. And now like, I don't, I don't 
get upset when I drop things, when things spill, when things break. Like I just don't like, I mean, I'm sure if it were super expensive or very meaningful to me, I would be very sad about it. But like, no, when I like break things or mess things up or whatever, I just, I don't have that reaction because it, I don't see a point to it. Because it is, it is just a reaction. Yeah. It's a reactionary mindset of instead of like responding and like, oh, shoot, (laughs) you know, there's like that heightened response, which is completely unnecessary. But what you kind of learn to do, everything goes back to like childhood, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it does. It does. And like deciding what's not for you. <laughs> right. Like, oh, I don't need to, this is a learned behavior or this yes. is a thing that I could have learned yeah. and taken with me and um, yeah, doesn't serve a purpose anymore. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And you're like, goodbye. oh, I'm in my, in this moment, I'm my mom or in this moment, I'm my dad. <laughs> and I don't, yeah. and I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Let's circle back to calling it in. Okay. Because I feel like that's like call it in and manifestation, right? That's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, for sure. Like good and bad too. So it's, I mean, the phrase is kind of based on, I I don't know who originated the phrase. I don't know where it came from. I don't know if it's ancient or if it's like new age or what. But for me, how I see this is it's kind of based on that idea with like particle physics where one particle has like a counter particle in another area. It could be all the way across the universe. And the energy that that particle has, the one that's it's connecting to replicates it. And so it's like when you're bringing in energy, like when whatever energy you choose to have is energy that will be reflected to you and will like surround you. Like you can't. It's like a mirror. Yeah. Like things don't resonate. You have to be at a certain vibration for the things you want to resonate mm-hmm. with you. I mean, when you think about sound and pitches, stronger, higher, like certain pitches will overtake other ones because of their power and their strength. And it's like the other one then has to match that, like, or it goes away. So I don't know if that even makes sense. Yeah. No, it does. But also it's like, if you're a dick to everyone, yeah, are good things going to happen for you? Yeah. It's the concept of if like- If you treat people like shit. Yeah, you have to- So not just like sitting there and going, I want this. I want that. Like the secret, right? Like I love the secret. I remember I watched the secret like after my last treatments at Gatehouse at the college campus there. Like I watched it and I was like, holy shit. Whoa. Like super into it. The guy that directed it was like also later in a cult. Nexium. Did you hear about that? I did not, but we should uh, look into that. Oh, I've I've watched all of it. I'll send it to you though, but it's really interesting. Like the guy that directed it was like basically recruited into this cult Nexium, which was like uh, a lot of actresses. Like I don't, I never like Scientology. (laughs) It's it's definitely similar, and they like had branded them like in their bikini area. Um, but the Mm. men didn't know about it in the cult. Sounds like abuse. So anyway, it's a it's a great movie though. Yeah, I mean, The Secret is great. It's it's interesting, but everyone, you like go away with that and you're like, cool, I'm going to make a mood board of all the things that I want and I'll look at it every day and that's, then it's going to come. And it's like, no, like you, no, <laughs> no, that's not how that I'm works. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> to, call, <laughs> to call something in, you have to clear space for it. And that means like, and you have to be at the same vibrational level as the thing you want. Yes. Otherwise it's not going to come to you. It's just not. Right. So yeah. when I think about calling something in, for me, that phrase isn't like, cool, I just sit here and meditate on it and it comes. It's like, 
cool, let me see what energetic the things that I want in my life are. Mm -hmm. And let me also look at how to open myself to that energy and what is blocking me from being there. So calling it in is really not just about like an outward wanting and desiring and trying to bring in a thing. It's about an inward looking at where you're allowing lack and negativity and contraction in your body and in your inner energetics so that there isn't space for these things you want. Where 100%. do you need to let go? Yeah. That's so it's a super powerful phrase, but it's just not, I don't think, used or when people hear it, they don't understand that it's like it's about your internal work as much as it is about you getting the things you want. Yeah. It's not just like you start just getting bestowed with money and <laughs> Ferraris. Yeah. <laughs> like, sorry. It's, it, it is, it's doing your own work and maybe it's money that you need, but it's allow more opportunities to make money in your life. It's not just yeah. like sitting around and having these things magically appear. It is. I love what you said. It's about making space for it too. Also like go with, it's not like it's the next logical step at growth too. It's not just springing out into something. It's like getting there like organically too. Does that make sense? Yeah. Taking the next step, not just like getting in an elevator and shooting up to the 12th floor, right? No, we're not talking about spiritual bypassing here. Mm, we never are. I mean, we do, but we don't. I mean, we are. Yeah. That was actually a topic that came up. I sometimes go, there's a Phoenix Psychedelic Society here where there are lecture events that mm -hmm. happen where people go and they talk about different aspects of like psychedelic medicines and psychedelic wellness and health. And this specific one was about integration. Yeah. And the question was like, can you discuss spiritual bypassing in relation to integration? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people didn't know what that word meant or what it was. And so there was like a lot of back and forth before that we kind of people settled on like the understanding and had we had a really great discussion about it. But yeah, it's not about like saying these things and doing these things. It's not fake it till you make it. No, like, it's not like not... everything is love and light. It's like, no, no it's not. It's not. And it's not love and light. And like, when you try to make it that, you you forget about all of the things that like make you a more whole person. Yeah. The work is looking at yourself. The work is like identifying your patterns and behavior. Like there's a Ram Dass saying that the real work is done in the privacy of your own heart. Of your own heart. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I love that. Yeah. It's it's um slogan or kind of ca catchy catchphrase of like they did the best they could at the time. <laughs> What oh, they yeah, yeah they did the best they could yeah. with the tools they have, right? Yes. Like, and I think that can be like a thing that gives you peace. I think a lot of people mm -hmm. think that about like their parents or their, you know, how they were raised and having to accept what happened to them if their parents aren't looking or cannot look at that or ways that they have hurt them or traumatized them or whatever. And I heard that a lot like in rehab too. Like they did the best they could with the tools they had. Yeah. I mean, that's about... Don't um, we all? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's about... Which is true, yeah. Having grace and gratitude for yourself and the parts of yourself that maybe didn't act how you would want them to act now, mm -hmm. but only had a certain level of tools to actually handle that situation. Like their nervous system wasn't centered enough to be able to to handle this right. thing that happened. So no wonder they freaked out. No wonder they 
whatever. Didn't know what to do. Or yeah. How to, yeah, exactly. So it's like you, you, I mean, you did what you did, right? So you have to find, you have to give yourself grace and like, that's what happened. And that's what I did. And that's how I responded. Yeah. Like, I don't need to be mad about that. I don't need to shame myself for that because I don't believe that shame is a useful emotion at all. I just don't. When you do better, you know, well, no, sorry. When you know better, you do better. Yeah. Like I just don't believe that shame is a useful emotion. No, it's so debilitating. People think that it needs to exist because it stops us from doing bad things, but it doesn't. What like, it's like encouragement to do better is what like changes us. You know, it's not shame. Shame just creates more trauma, creates more darkness, creates more hiding and like, a yeah. fake front to like yeah. represent as something that you don't feel you are on the inside. There's no use for shame. And I remind myself, yeah, I remind myself of that. Like I, when I I have situations where it could come up, I see it outside of me. I'm like, oh, there it is. Shame and self-doubt. Yeah, no, you're, you're not invited here anymore. Like I've gotten that out of my body mostly, which is really cool. Like... <laughs> really cool that I don't, you know, like I don't have a somatic response of shame or self-doubt anymore. Like I can see it, but I don't have a a physical bodily response, but I remember it. It's like, oh, it's like you got like punched in the stomach, you know? It is. It's so awful. I remember like the last one of the last, I mean, I've dealt with it a great deal, like the past like couple years, but um, a time I really felt it was like, Because of my dog, Clover, she was like in my backyard and she saw somebody across the street and ran over to him and started jumping all over him. And I was like mortified. I'd never even met this man and he's a neighbor. And it was just like that, like that was like white hot shame of like feeling, oh my God. And then it was just like day by day. It's like it isn't that interesting though when you think about that in like relationship to like parent child, right? Like, mm, yeah. So kids are not kids are their own individual beings. They're gonna represent how they represent to other people, and sometimes they do things that are embarrassing to parents. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah. And I know I did. And yeah. so just imagine growing up with a parent that doesn't carry shame like that. That kind mm-hmm. of like lets you like, okay, well, that's what you did, you know, sorry, mm-hmm. sorry, they jumped or sorry, they spilled or sorry, yeah. they whatever. Sorry about that. And like, hey, you know, apologize for that. And that's it. Versus being like, oh my God, like really making it like an emotional thing. Yeah. Um, Like imagine you wouldn't have the same, like I think generationally we all grow, I think it's a rarity to not grow up with some degree of like shame and self-doubt because of parenting in that way. And that's like a, just a common way of parenting. Don't you think? Like, yeah, absolutely. I think it's very rare to have a parent to be able to like take a breath and go, okay, I'm not going to react because it's not about me. Yeah. And that person can be upset if the dog jumped or the child spilled or whatever, but I didn't do it and they didn't do it to hurt anyone. So it happened. (laughs) I'm sorry you feel that way and let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do more training with her. (laughs) 
and not that not you do not that you do that with a child but it's different stuff but but yeah it's just like accepting yeah it's like accepting a mistake as a mistake and not a moral failing as a human being what other ones do we have well there's like a lot of 12 step ones which i do think are very helpful easy does it easy does it which i like cuz that's kind of like hey pretty much it's like chill chill out yeah like, you can't go do everything with the flow Take a breath. Yeah. Chill. Let go. Let God. I mean, that's just about like trusting. Yeah. You know? Surrender. Like it's, it's kind of that idea of, yeah, surrendering and just... Not controlling. Yeah, not controlling. First things first, which I actually really like because there's like so many moments I get very overwhelmed very, very easily. And... To have this, like, I still think this sometimes. First things first. Okay, like, what's the next right thing to do? This. Yeah. And then do the next thing. And then do the next thing. Instead of, like, not doing anything and yeah, sitting there and scrolling on Instagram. Right? Yeah, you can't yeah. get, like, if you have things, like, a big project or something that you want to accomplish, it doesn't get done all at once. Like, there are steps that have to be done and a, like, order of progression for things to be accomplished. So yes, first things first, like what's the to-do list? Like what do you have to do with? Oh, maybe it's like take a breath. <laughs> yeah. Take a breath. And then, all right, what next? <laughs> I like the next or the the thing that goes along with that is like do the next right thing too. Do the next right thing. And not the next wrong thing. But if we're talking about the phrase like do the next right thing in a higher perspective, right? Yeah. It's, it's more, okay, I trust, I have to trust that I know, that I know what the next right thing for me is. For you, yeah. Not for everyone else, not in general, not as like, this is right and this is wrong. This is good and this is bad. It's like, no, what is the next right thing for me to do? Yeah, absolutely. And that's this. Yeah. So it's about like sovereignty and knowing a lot. Yeah, and tuning into your intuition. (laughs) The intuition. Shun. (laughs) Intuition. Intuition. Shun. Shun. (laughs) the other one that i do like is uh what you see in others you have in yourself Ooh, i do love that yeah and that's the idea of like people are mirrors to you right that's another sort of cliche or platitude and that goes with (laughs) shadow work that sess and i talk about triggers and shadow work because like your triggers are your shadow work. They're the shadow elements that you need to not push off on like everyone else needs to change to accommodate me so that I'm not triggered. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, so I am triggered by this. Why am I triggered by this? Triggers are teachers. Yeah. Because I'm. if you're triggered by things, you can easily be taken down. Right. If you are so sensitive to all of these things... And that means like scared of, angry, any kind of reactionary thing that can happen, you can easily be taken down and taken out by anyone and everyone, by the guy who cut you off in traffic. Yeah, that'll do it. By somebody who like called you by the wrong name or identified you in a way that you don't like. It's like, so you're going to be taken down by this thing rather than sit there and go, okay, where is my strength and my power and my sovereignty? Yeah, right. And why does this thing bother me so much? Oh, it's because I feel like I'm not heard. And I hadn't been heard for a good portion of my childhood. People didn't really see me for who I feel that I am. And so when this person doesn't acknowledge me or doesn't see me in a specific way that I want them to, all of that trauma comes with it. When really, if I heal that, then I can get there. I can get to a space of going like, okay, that's about them. 
And yeah. maybe it's a mistake or maybe I like, just let it go. Or yeah. you can like not <laughs> carry the years of unknown with you and your reaction to things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when there isn't, when you don't deal with those wounds, you carry around garbage bags with you everywhere you oh go. Oh my God. And you just heavy. carry such heaviness, such a heavy energy with you. Yeah. And there is a phrase I do like, when you don't heal your wounds, you bleed on people that didn't cut you. Mm-hmm. I think it's something like that. I may not have the wording perfectly, but... Sounds right. Yeah. It's like, I feel like people who don't deal with their own shit are the ones that go out and flick people off in traffic or honk at people or scream at a stranger or get mad at somebody when they don't get their order right. Yeah. You know, you carry around so much anger and frustration. I do honk at people. Well, just something to look at. I honk at at them when the the light, there's no. Turns green and 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 they don't see. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I just mean like when you get in the car and you take all your anger out on other drivers. Road rage. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, when you're rage yeah. when you're raging, not yeah. just like honking to be safe. It's yeah, like- and I mean honestly, and this is the funniest thing, right? Like to even more specifically talk about the like what you see in others you have in yourself, like getting upset at people that cut you off and then freaking out and doing all that. It's like chances are that person who is mad about being cut off cuts off people all the time. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. They just don't wanna like see it, you know? Right. Yes. It is like a total double standard for what other people do and then what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's not that it happens all the time because I will tell you, like, there was years, I mean, like 14 plus years of my life, but I'm just saying there was 14 plus years of my life where I, anytime I had a reaction to anything, I was like, oh, it's because there's something in me. And I would look so intensely to find this one, this one piece and Oftentimes, yeah, it was. But like after that amount of time of doing that, it's like I don't always today have the same reaction of like, oh, somebody is bothering me or I'm frustrated by something or someone. Like it must be me. It's like, no, like I'm pretty aware of when it is me mm-hmm. and when it isn't. And I can identify that at this point. I'm always open to looking and I still look, but just not with the same intensity. Yeah. I, I suppose. Um, but it's always like a best practice to... It's always good to look at your part. Yeah. To just be aware. I mean, it's like being aware somatically of like where is this in my body? And then like, oh, what are my emotions around this thing? And why am I having this reaction? And then go, is there a reason in me and my behavior and my patterning and my, you know, narrative and story that, you know, that I'm doing? I will admit, I thought we we're going to talk more about road rage, but yeah, like, go ahead. <laughs> when I lived in Arizona and even up until like when I lived in Denver, I was a psycho. I was swearing all the time. Every time I got behind the wheel, I was so angry. No one could do anything right. Like I hated being a passenger in the car because then like the driver was like doing everything wrong. And it was just like, you know, no pun intended, like a vehicle for my anger. That's why you always drove. Probably. But <laughs> I I'm just remember like, I was like, Seth always likes to drive. I'm good with that. But <laughs> I was like so mean to people. I didn't like yell at them to their face but like I was just so angry and I think that was just like a a snapshot of like just how angry I was in life in general Mm. and how much I needed to deal with and not to say that like I still don't get angry from time to time but it's not like a rage (laughs) like thank god like that was exhausting to live like that being that angry and thank god 
I am not that anymore. And I've done, because I think I heard somebody say like, oh, you figure out how spiritual you are when you get behind the wheel. And I'm like, that's not true. I'm super spiritual. I'm just (laughs) an angry driver. (laughs) Like I could not connect the two at all. And I think it's kind of when you meld every part of you, every relationship you have with the the clerk at the store or the waitress or like your friends or your parents or whatever, you're not there's not like a huge gap in how you treat people. It's like who yeah. you are is who you are. There's not five different sides to you. You know what I mean? And I think that that's like a cool part of all this. Like I definitely notice that I I definitely get more frustrated and um and more prone to anger in my car for sure, especially yeah. in traffic. And I notice that I have I'll start getting like the energy will start building if I'm Mm -hmm. like, stop, go, stop, go and waiting. And I just have to like sit back and exhale. Like I do big exhales to be like, oh wow, this is like filling up my body right now and Mm -hmm. I can't do anything about it. So like, we're just going to exhale here. And let it be <laughs> what it I is. I used to like pretend I, I don't smoke anymore, but like I used to be a big cigarette smoker and I would like, like puff, like do like those kind of inhales. <laughs> On your cigarettes? No, but like after I quit, like oh. I would still go like. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say like maybe the cigarettes played a part in the anger driving because like you there's nicotine and caffeine. Like, yeah, they can definitely do that. They hype you up like crazy. That and a lot of coffee together, terrible combination. You know what? That's actually kind of true because I quit sm- I don't know how long ago I quit smoking, but it was that yeah. way after. Terrible combination. It was like after I moved to Denver. So anyway, maybe there's something to that. I mean, my dad has terrible road rage. God love him. And he drinks a bunch of coffee and will like chew. Like he'll do dips sometimes. Yeah. And it's like, you know how much like hyped up energy that is that you're just like yeah. pouring into your body and then you're getting behind a wheel. And then of course you're mad at everyone. <laughs> of course. I know. Okay. So like my dad doesn't drink caffeine and doesn't like use tobacco and he's still insane. <laughs> he's like, God damn it, this Jamoki. Annie, watch out for this guy. And it's like somebody like three miles ahead of us. Like... <laughs> on the freeway and there's no one else watch out for this guy (laughs) so i guess uh we all have our issues yeah (laughs) one more yeah did we did we talk about the phrase we are not human beings having a spiritual experience we're spiritual beings having a human experience no we have not i think that's the last one that we maybe talk about yeah because i i don't know i love that phrase (laughs) it's very cliche it's used all the time. What are your thoughts on it? Tell me. I mean, it's something that I believe and identify with. I think when it's like said too much, or if you like have it on a video on a YouTube reel with like the right type of music, it's like, oh, wow, this is really empowering. We are not human beings having a spiritual. It's like, yeah, everyone fucking says that. Everyone says that. So bravo, good job, you know, but really, truly, if you break it down, we have to remind ourselves that we are of the spirit. Like Ram Dass says that, like we are of the spirit. Like even there is, um, I, I don't know if it's yogic or Hindu saying where like God decided to hide himself in the place where humans, he the, the last place humans would look. Mm, themselves, each other. Yeah. Inside themselves. Yeah. Inside themselves. It's like, yeah, that's the last place that we would look because for whatever reason, we've forgotten that we are divinity, that we are of God. Like even in the Bible, they took a rib. Yeah. Like Adam was made in, like in Christianity, Adam was made in the image of God. That's what it says. Like, so, you know, to quote Erica Badu, 
if we were made in his image, then call us by our name, right? Like we are God. We're made in his image. We're God or her image is his, its image, whatever. We're God. And so I love that we're being reminded that, that to have spiritual connection and to have spiritual experience is to return home to our natural state, not like a temporary place where like, oh, cool, that was great. And now I'm human again. It's like, no, I at like home for me is spirit. Mm-hmm. Human is just what I chose to be at this point so that I can experience, have this experience to help me learn, grow, whatever. Like we can't enjoy things. We can't enjoy food. We can't enjoy each other's touch. We can't enjoy any of that without a body. So like, that's the point of that is to like be fully immersed in this experience. And I'm grateful for my body, but I'm also spirit. My body is a vessel for that. But like at the core, that's what I am. That's like so much of this podcast too. Yeah. And why we connect on it because that's my belief. That's your belief. And it's helping each other remember that, that it all goes back to spirit. And it's all part of it. If you really look, nothing is separate. And if you decide to look with the eyes of spirit, you see the magic that we're talking Mm -hmm. about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for coming on this little journey with us as we talk about all these phrases out in the vernacular and kind of breaking it down and debunking, but just kind of, I think that the ones we debunk are the ones that they're lies that we tell ourselves that feed us more negativity instead of like bring us closer to spirit. Right. And closer to like spirit and believing that everything, (laughs) everything happens for a reason. (laughs) It is what it is. There's comfort in these and there is a reason why you hear them. I mean, some of them I think are stupid, but some of them I do like. And so it's finding comfort in, in these and leaning more into them. If they bring you closer to who you are and who you want to be and learning who you are or getting you through challenging, difficult times. Yeah. And I think maybe we, I think we, I mean, I know we, we do now invite you (laughs) to um, look at maybe write down a few that call to you and write down a few that you have a response to that you don't like and start to sort of analyze like what's the meaning like do a literary analysis of this thing like what (laughs) what is what do these words mean and like what is a meaning for me and how can I infuse like things that I'm going through into this phrase so that it helps me moving forward so that it becomes a mantra Yes. Right. And for yeah. those things that you have a reaction to and you don't like it, like mm-hmm. look at why. What is it about this thing that you don't like? Doesn't mean that you have to come around and like it later, but it might help explain like a perspective that you have or a place where you're stuck or like a new way of seeing that you're like, no, I see it this way. Yeah. And it might create a new mantra of it as a result or some changes to it. But I like that because a mantra, what I started with, frog, fully relying on God, or like uh what was that other one? Leap in the net will appear. These are like things that that can can be mantras. And I love I love the word mantra too. So it's changing like how you think. It's rewiring your brain into yeah. a new sense of like life is happening for you, not to you, you know? Yeah, a mantra is something that you repeat to honor empowerment. Yeah, yes. and empowerment. So Puck, yeah. why not use some of these, but like imbue them with your meaning and like really analyze the meaning. Don't just say it over and over again. Like 
know what it means and what you're calling in when you say it. That's why mantras are powerful, not because the words themselves are powerful, but because the meaning that you're holding behind Mm -hmm. these words are the things that are going to bring the energy in that you want, that are going to release what you want, that are going to do whatever you're intending. Right. Absolutely. So I don't know, maybe do that, make a little journal. And if you want to share, like DM us on Instagram, any suggestions for any other things you'd like us to discuss, talk about, analyze, whatever, we're more than happy to take them. So you can email us on our website. We have our email there or we have just a, like a, a page that you can fill out or send us a DM on Instagram. At Into the Magic is our handle. CK at the end. And yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts and it doesn't have to just be mantras. It can be alien stuff too. So oh, yeah, any kind of weird <laughs> stuff. And we will be coming out soon with a new foot episode, a far out and out there episode, because there's no shortage of weird things that we talk about and that happen to us. And we love talking about it. Yeah, we do. We really do. Awesome. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day, evening, night, and day in the morning. We'll connect soon. Yeah. We love you. We love you. Okay. Coolio. 